Welcome to season four, Fostering Change, the number one podcast in adoption and foster care. You know, each week we speak to the most amazing good humans about topics that touch each and every one of us. If you have a guest suggestion or interested in sponsoring our podcast, please visit us at fosteringchange@comfortcases.org. Now, sit back, enjoy, learn, get motivated, and let's speak to some fascinating guests. Well, you know, the first thing I have to do is I have to say happy Mardi Gras. You know, um, I actually, as crazy as it is, I'm 56. I've never experienced Mardi Gras before. I've been to New Orleans several times. Love it. Absolutely think the world of New Orleans. But I've never actually experienced Mardi Gras. But I will have to tell you that my children, every single year, we do get that king's cake and try to find that baby. And I think that has to do what my next guest, I am just so excited about. Um, as I was going through social media, as you all know, I always do, I ran across my next guest and I started stalking him, not only because he is so funny, but I love the fact that him and his husband have three beautiful, beautiful children, and that he's also a children's author, and he has his own podcast, and he's getting ready to have his own magazine that's coming out. So without further ado, Eric, welcome to Fostering Change. This is an honor, Rob, Sheer. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, I love it. I love it. And I love these two children's books. You know, the fact is, as someone who just, I just recently had a children's book come out with my friend June Foster, it's not an easy thing to do. And I can't even imagine, I mean, you actually wrote these and you did it by yourself. I at least had somebody with me um, and she like, you know, I have to say, she doesn't like when I say this, but I have to give her like 85% of the credit when it comes to the children's book. I mean, to write a children's book, you have to have that rhyme and you have so much of that. But my first question is, why a mermaid? Well, our girls love them, Rob. And if you want to speak to them, you got to speak their language. And they love some mermaids, man. <laughs> You know, I just saw the other day that you were at the zoo with your son. And, but you guys didn't call it the zoo, though. You called it something else. It's the Audubon Zoo, but there's also the aquarium that we love. Yeah. Um, I see that you do. You take your kids to a lot. I see you guys travel a lot. And I love the fact of how you approach the having two dads um, with inside of this, your inside of the new book that you have. Um, approaching two dads, two moms, you know, as a, as my husband, and I, we have five and when they were little and they were little, like your kids, we didn't have any books out there that were, you know, um, where that represented that looked like my family. You know, I have kids of color, they have two white dads and it just, those were not pictures that we saw or books that we were able to either purchase or to check out 14 years ago. It just, we did, they just didn't talk about it, but here you've written two books you've written this book I absolutely love but you actually started creating a blog in something like 2014 2015 is that right that's where the it was born out of Nola Papa it was in 2015 and that <laughs> I guess it was born out of fear because we didn't know what we were doing <laughs> you know we were just about you know just had the baby and it was, you know, we were told 
five to seven years we were gonna ha have to wait and it ha happened to be three three and a half weeks and we just hit the ground running and I felt like living in the south it was kind of like all eyes on you when you walk in and it, because we are two dads and visibility I felt like was really important and it was as each year progressed I thought it would you know kind of sizzle you know kind of calm but it didn't. It was like more addressing, you know, the elephant in the room. And it, why does it have to be an elephant? Let's let's like have more visibility and kind of like, you know, oh, there's a sweet gay dad family. You know, it doesn't have to be an elephant. <laughs> right, right. You know, I have to say this and I get a lot of pushback from our LGBTQ other parents because I don't really want you to give me a title at all. I don't need to be called the gay parents. I look at my children. I was just actually giving a talk last week and I said, do you want to hear the funniest thing? I have five kids, four boys and a daughter and not a one of them likes a show tune. Not one of them <laughs> likes going to a Broadway show. Not one of them is going to be listening to Barbara Streisand or Cher or Madonna. And that just shows you two humans raising five humans become individual humans. And, you know, I want people to know me as Rob, who is a dad. I don't like that when people say, oh, there's that gay family. No, we're a family. And I also don't appreciate when people walk up to me and they say, oh my gosh, your family's so beautiful. I don't see any color. And I'm like, then you don't see my four black kids that are standing right here next to me because they are of color. And I think that it's very, very important that we do not try to, you know, paint that fence thinking that they do not exist because their parents are white. What are you doing, you and your husband, when it comes to making sure that your children keep their identity of their color? Oh, I love that question. Thank you. Really, books are so important. And you can really, I feel like, you know, we live in New Orleans. Happy Mardi Gras. <laughs> and we're able just to walk down the block and experience, oh, I got chill bumps like the the culture and the charm that our city can just just dances and our children are able to see that and that coupled with books like you know one of them one of our favorites rob i don't know if you got it but it's trombone shorty and his beginning it is the sweetest children's book and that you know starting out and our Ella being able to see that there are resemblances not from her daddies but from these pictures and being able to see it through these pages and then go through her hometown and see these you know awesome sites that you can only see in New Orleans and to have our little girl be able to see that all of our children really you know it's a it's a jewel yeah, well, I, I will tell you, I do agree with you. Books definitely are start when it comes to making sure that our children continue to see everything that how amazing it is to be a child of color. But I also make sure and Reese is best at this, making sure that through our house, there are pictures that are all over the wall that actually look like our children. And I think that's oh, I so, so that. important. 
that yes. your your work, your artwork in a home where you're your biracial family, I think it's very, very important that children see themselves. So whether it is their pictures of they were kids growing up, or whether it's, you know, an artist who has done some really amazing work for my family when it comes to, you know, kids of color swinging on a swing or climbing a tree. I think it's so, so important that we continued our homes to show our children that who they see. Because by the way, you turn on the TV set and we know well for, and it's a little bit better, but we are far, far, far from having shows where my children are able to turn on and always be able to see someone that looks like them. And someone asked me just the other day, by the way, Eric, they said, have I ever watched the show Friends? And do you know, I've never watched the show Friends. And I'll tell you the reason why. When I was a kid growing up, I knew of people of color. And I always wondered why there was no one of color on that show. And it just, yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, I think it's so, so important. Listen, you've been traveling quite a bit, going to aquariums to sign your book. And, you know, you've gotten a lot of people who've reached out who absolutely have loved this book. I've read some of your, some of the people who've written after reading this book. And I actually just want to let you know, I let this book be borrowed by a friend of mine who's somebody who has a daughter at their age, and she fell in love with it. So you did the right thing by doing the rainbow. Tell me your relationship to, to the illustrator, because I noticed the illustrator did both books. And I will have to tell you, if her name was not on both books, I would have not thought it was the same illustrator. Oh, Victoria would love to hear that. I can't wait to tell her. Yeah. She, because it was um, with Addie, that was more of a whimsy and cartoony kind of feel. And with, you know, finding your talents and what you're good at and then paying it forward, we wanted a kind of abstract, but, or she, I told her I didn't want to micromanage. I, I knew what I wanted for Addie. I didn't know what I wanted. I knew where I was rhyming and stuff for this book. I didn't know where I wanted to go with the visuals. And I said, Victoria, you do it. And she said, oh my goodness, okay. And she came up with the most beautiful translation of my thoughts. <laughs> I love that. I love that when someone actually reads words and then they're able to know exactly what you're thinking. You know, one of the things that we always ask people when they're on Fostering Change is some of the topics you wanted to talk about. And one of the things that took me was you said you want more than Pride Month in June. Explain to me what do you mean by that? Well, I've, you know, with Nola Papa and doing it for as long as I have, I've been able to see that businesses, especially in today's time, they really love to, it's very opportunistic. And, you know, June is Pride Month and us being a gay dad family and writing for this, you know, I think visibility and for people to understand the importance of the diversity of families. I think that businesses lose sight at the support that our community, the LGBT, not just the families, but all of our community, we need voices all year. And it's kind of like after that, that rainbow lo logos changed on July 1st, it's like, you know, okay, well, we need people boots on the ground all the time. And, you know, I, I really love finding brands and people that really, you know, stand behind their mission. And it's not just about June. 
Yeah, no, I let me tell you, I agree with you on that. I have that same issue when it comes to, you know, National Foster Care Awareness Month in May. I feel like, you know, we need to be talking about children in our foster care system every single month, not just one month. I also believe that, you know, our months that we give to, you know, Black history, we see in the news right now where people are trying to think that that history never existed. And we need to be talking about that because the moment we start talking about it as a community, the more people we have an opportunity to educate them. And when you educate people about a situation, whether it's about Stonewall, whether it's about, you know, the march with Martin Luther King, whether it's about the number of children that are in foster care at any given day, once you've educated them, it's a hard thing for them to say, well, I don't know now. And those who do decide to put their head in the sand like that ostrich, those are the ones that we should fear the most once you've educated them. And I, I love that what you said. I knew you were going to say that because I also agree with you. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that. First of all, I'm proud every single day. And I don't think one month should be that But I've got to ask this question about pride, though. As a father, and as a father who I have a daughter and I have boys, and I remember years ago, we were in Oregon, and it just so happens it was during June, it was Pride Month, we happened to be downtown Pride Festival, and I was kind of a little shocked and embarrassed for my children, for the behavior and for what they were seeing. And we ended up leaving. And we have never been back to a pride since then. And again, I can only go by what I see on TV. And it always seems they always find that those ones to show on TV. But I feel like that we have evolved as gay people. Our LGBTQ people have evolved. We are more family oriented. Do you think that we need to start looking at pride a little bit more differently than the guy with the chaps on and all of those kind of things well i'll be here to i'm here to tell you if there's chaps anywhere around my babies aren't coming to it and that's bottom line it needs to be family friendly and i'm here to tell it on a mountaintop if it can't be family friendly we won't be there period because i want to experience pride with my family because that's who I'm proud of. I'm proud for us to face every single day and, you know, live the life that uh, so many people say we can't or shouldn't. And we do that every day, three, six, five. And if we can't go to a parade and be proud and me not be embarrassed, then Papa won't be there, boo. Well, that makes two of us. So listen up, everybody. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to be back with my friend, Eric. Listen, you can find him on Nola Papa, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I'm telling you, follow this guy. You get a good laugh and you get a great education. We'll be right back. This episode of Fostering Change is sponsored by Comfort Cases, a national nonprofit that inspires our communities to bring hope and dignity to our youth that are in foster care. For just $10 a month, you can support the Comfort Case mission and help us eliminate trash bags for kids who are entering foster care. For every $10 that you give, Comfort Cases will give a Comfort XL to a child entering the system. Be part of the change. Visit comfortcases.org. 
Well, you know what? I absolutely always love a good conversation. And I say this probably every week. There's nothing better than having a conversation with a friend. You know, Eric, you actually, this month, you launched a digital magazine. And I am excited for you. And I know how excited you are. But could you let our listeners and our viewers know exactly what is this digital magazine? And what do you hope to gain by launching it? Thank you so much. It is something that I found out long time ago. After the first email came from across the world, I saw that there were people reading, unbeknownst to me, I was like, wow, I, I, I'm just unloading my heart. And the longer I did it, the more the messages came. And I thought, if I'm getting these messages about what I'm talking about, then there's some meat and potatoes that we really need to talk about. And I have the resources to be able to find really talented authors and writers. And I found a dozen of them talking from disability to multicultural, to being gay, to health and diet, to mind and body. like. So it's really, it's surreal because it's like, they're gone. you know, a lot of people, but being able to harness it and to fashion it into a thing, to a tool and something that someone can easily just look down at rather than having to listen. Cause you know, the podcast, you have to, you know, go off things. So to read it is so easy and you know, you can get all those things that need to be introduced, those conversations that can be tactfully introduced by dialogue, yeah. just correct dialogue. Yeah. And I love the fact that it's a digital magazine. I travel a lot. And sometimes it's very hard for me to be able to get internet or the internet's not working for me to listen to a podcast that I forgot to download or, you know, and I love to read. I'm still a good reader. I love reading. I mean, I have so many people send me so many books I and I try to get them all in. And I love the fact that you have a digital magazine so I can stop, I can start, I can stop, I can start. So I, I love that. And I love the fact, the other thing I loved about your magazine is that you, you've got such a vast difference of people in this magazine that really um, can touch so many people. And again, as we were talking about in the first part of our show, is it's educating people you know, really, really educating people. And I truly believe that, you know, we need to have people have more, we need to have people have more life experience stories. Listen, I was talking to our, the writers, it's a husband and wife that one has multiple sclerosis. The other was attacked in New York City. He was an actor and he was attacked in New York City and left with brain damage and he is i don't think he goes by cripple that's how much i don't know you know y'all but you know the them the, they teamed up together and they're writers and to know that i you know when i see someone that looks like they need help i'm gonna run and i'm gonna help them but they taught me that that's not what they want you to do they want you to just just let them live and I was like, oh, my God, I've thought of it so differently. Yeah. Can you teach me? Please, I have chill bumps again. Can you write this down? And they said, we'll love to. And that's what this is about. Wow. Wow. 
Well, listen, everybody, I'm telling you right now, reach out, find my friend, Nola Papa. You can find him on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. We're going to have the link right here also to get his two children's books, but also to sign up for his digital magazine, because I truly do believe that it is something that each and every one of you should be reading each month, because you never can get too much education. Eric, listen, I'm so, so happy to call you my friend. I can't wait to get to New Orleans. And I know we're going to see each other soon. And until next time, everyone, continue to be a good human. I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for listening or watching the latest episode of Fostering Change. All of us on our team hope that you've learned something new today and have been inspired to be a good human. Now, just a reminder that you can always find Fostering Change on your favorite channels on Google, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, and others including, of course, comfortcases.org. I want to give a big thank you to all of you for joining us each and every week. And a reminder that if you have a suggestion for a guest, or maybe you might have a question about today's podcast, or are interested in becoming a sponsor of Fostering Change, please don't hesitate to email me personally at fosteringchange at comfortcases.org. Now, that's it for now. Thanks again, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Take care.